Yeah, I'll tell you guys what. I, I, man, when I was younger, I was afraid of church. It was very scary for me, which I wasn't living right either. But was, they, were, they were the first ones to tell me. Um, but I was very scared of church. And it's really refreshing to come to church and really enjoy hanging out with you guys and getting to know you and, and how loving everyone is. I just really like church. So, um, Oh, we have a video. I'm going to play a quick video, and then I'm going to get into um, my sermon. But before I play it, are there any vegans in here? Raise your hand. No vegans? Okay. <laughs> a little, uh, little, little thing before this. I, I have nothing against vegans. I think they're awesome. I love all people the same, meat eaters, vegans, whatever. All, <laughs> all tummies matter. So, <laughs> but I found this. I found this video humorous. So just bear with me, and you can. You feel free to laugh. I'll be the one that gets in trouble. Um, but I thought it was kind of funny. And so we'll play this. You can drop the lights up front and then just play this video real quick. (laughs) That salad's totally grossing me out. I've completely lost my appetite. How long have you been a meat eater for? I only eat meat. I'm going to the Meat Stock Flesh Festival. Are you going? Yeah, I want the tofu spring rolls. Except I don't eat tofu, so do you have like a tofu-flavored chicken you can substitute in for me? It's not that vegetable eaters are bad people. It's just that they're terrible people. This sausage is a meat-based vegetable substitute for cucumber. It's got the taste and the texture of an actual cucumber with none of the cucumber. Eating plants makes your body way too alkaline, which will definitely kill you. Do you really want that? All you need is some meat to be healthy and thrive. You get everything you need from meat. Beef is loaded with carbs. Orcas are even more spiritually evolved than humans, and they only eat seal meat. So that means humans should only eat meat because it's the most spiritually evolved diet because of orcas. Plants give off oxygen. Why would you eat them? Do you even know how dangerous deer are when you're driving your car? If you don't kill and eat deer first, you basically want people to get into car accidents. The world's a much safer place if we eat the animals that could eat us. Broccoli? That's what my food eats. That's my food's food, and I don't appreciate you eating that. You should eat Siberian tigers to help them go extinct. It makes it so that they can live on through you and your children for generations to come. The best chance for the survival of their species is for us to kill and eat them. That coconut was gonna grow into a palm tree. Why would you eat that? I could never eat plants that are raised in crowded farms and inhumane living conditions with less than one square inch of space per stalk stuck in the soil against their will. Have you ever thought about going meat eater to help save the planet? Or do you just not care about the earth? Have you seen the Kalespiracy documentary? You gotta see it. It's so heartbreaking seeing how all the plants are killed and the deforestation from the plant farming and unsustainable farming practices. Kale farming is the number one destroyer of the environment. Once you see it, you'll never eat plants again. As he redundantly repeated his emotionally charged nutritional opinions at me, I was instantly convinced to become a meat eater. JP was the most illogical, condescending person I've ever met. Saying something like that's just a symptom of being overly alkaline. It just makes you mean and you can't think straight. So that you can be a less terrible person, be sure to subscribe to my carnivorous channel. All those meat eaters in one place. 
Beautiful. Ooh, steak. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. All right. Can we get some light? <laughs> get some light? We need light now. All right. So, I'm talking about what we're feeding on. <laughs> and I wanted to find a funny video, and I saw that one recently, and I said, that'll fit right in. So, somehow. I'll work that in. I just thought it was funny. And I don't think any of you are that serious, except for Rick, <laughs> about his steaks. <laughs> I don't think anybody's that serious about just eating meat, but uh, switch over to seal <laughs> because of orcas. It's only logical. <laughs> All right, so so what I want to want to talk about, I'm kind of springboarding off of what we talked about last week. I know it's a big leap from that to what I'm going to talk about, but it's not really. I'll I'll reference it here and there for comical relief. So what we talked about last week was. Uh, Oh, it was the story of the Good Samaritan, which we know that uh, the Jews probably would not have called it the, good, the story of the Good Samaritan because they didn't like Samaritans or Samaria. Um, but but what, it, what Jesus did throughout that story, I'll just give you a brief overview of kind of what we talked about. Is, uh, as he was talking to a lawyer, a person who was, who was very well versed in the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, is, is this guy was an expert in law, and instead of just giving another law because he said, well, who is my neighbor? Basically, he asked him a couple questions. He got the answer right, but trying to find a loophole that Eugene Peterson says, I love his version of it, trying to find a loophole, he said, okay, yeah, but who's my neighbor? And so Jesus knew his heart, and he told him a story. And the reason he told him a story is because he wanted to draw him into it. He didn't want to just give him another law because the guy was an expert on the law. In the same way, he doesn't just want to give us more laws. He wants to draw us into his story. And so as he did that, um, he basically flipped it. That's what I love Jesus. The more I read... Um, the more I see how many levels he's, he's just destroying all of our, our self-righteousness and, and our, our, we think we're so right about everything, and he just kills all of that in so many different levels all at one time. He's like a spiritual ninja. It's amazing. And so he, uh, you can quote me on that. So he, uh, he, so he, he basically, <laughs> so he basically took the guy and told him a whole story, and by the very end of it, the guy asked him, who, so who is my neighbor? And by the, by the very end of it, he's, asking, he's basically asking him, what kind of neighbor are you? So he flips the whole thing on his head. Now, in the meantime, he's basically taking man to his end. He's saying, at the very end, he basically says, okay, who is the best neighbor in this story? Who do you want to be in this story? And obviously, everybody's like, the good Samaritan, even though he was so racist, he didn't say Samaria. Samaritan, he said, the one who did this. Um, and so he said, you're right, go do that. Basically, Jesus was saying, okay, go be perfect like I'm perfect, which we can't be without him. So in the story, this was the first time I ever saw that, was... The Samaritan is actually Jesus. We're the one that was broken on the side of the road. He's the one that picked us up, took us to the inn, gave him the credit card. I'll pay for anything. I'll take care of all these things. So, and that's something that, that Mark taught me over the years was always look for Jesus, always look for the good news, always look for the gospel in it. And the more you do that, the more you'll go from good moral teachings to the gospel, the good news, Jesus. He's in every single story in the Bible. And so that's how it's all Christ-centered. It's all Christocentric. And so when you, when you really begin to look at these, you come from this, this surfacey, self-righteous, moral teaching, which I love how C.S. Lewis says, either God, either Jesus was who he said he was, or he was an absolute insane person, that equivalent to a man who says he's a poached egg. You can't be a good moral teacher and blatantly lie about supernatural things. That's not good morals. It's not morality. Okay, so, sorry, I just breezed through that. If you weren't here last week, I apologize. You can listen to it on podcast. So, all that is going along with what we're doing this month um, on what I kind of call real fast. (laughs) 
um, fasting not just to give up something, but fasting towards something. And the thing I want to fast towards is unity within our body and then reaching out to other people in unity within the larger Big C Church. And in doing that, um, I got to this, what are you feeding on? And, and I'll, I'll say before I get into this, this is not some new set of laws that you need to write down everything that I say, although you can write it down to, to meditate on it, to pray about it. But th- these are, there are several scriptures we're going to talk about in here, and these aren't laws so that you're accepted by the Lord or that you can be saved by these. These are, are how can I put it? These are just almost common sense things to God on a spiritual level, if that makes sense. I'll get to it in a minute. Okay. So, Genesis 2-7, we'll start in the beginning. That's a good place to start. And what are you feeding on? Genesis 2-7, it says, Then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust from the ground and breathed the breath of life into his, <clears throat> excuse me, into his nostrils, and the man became a living being. So the first thing you fed on when we were created was the spirit. God breathed his spirit into us, and he gave us Zoe life. He gave us his life. Okay? So our first, our first, I don't want to say instinct, but our first breath, our first life, the first thing we ever fed on was the spirit, was God himself. He breathed on us. Um, that's what we're made for. We're designed to do it. Our, the natural realm is not our primary source. Okay? It's spiritual realm is our primary source. Genesis 3, 6 says, Then the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and delightful to look at, and that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom. So she took some of its fruit and ate it. Everybody say she ate it. She ate it. I know some of y'all hate repeating, but say it anyway. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Say he ate it. He ate it. He he ate it. He took it in. Okay. I'm going to breeze through this because most of you know the story of the fall. That was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Do you guys know what the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is different than the tree of life? So they ate of the fruit. That was the fall. That was 6,000, I don't know how many years ago. It was the beginning. Um, about 2,000 years ago. This is in John 6, 48. I'm going fast because I kind of want to get to a place. And, and, uh, and by the way, I'm going to pause for just a second. Be, be praying for Tracy and Trent. She woke up sick, and that's why they're not here today. So that's another reason I want to get home and take care of them too. Because I'm not me without her, and I feel funny even being here because she's, I couldn't do what I do without her. So anyway, sorry, I had to take a pause. So I just remembered I was going to do that in the beginning. John 6:48 says, I am the bread of life. Uh, if you go down to verse 55, it says, my flesh is real food. Everybody say real food. Real, real food. Verse, <laughs> especially Chris Gray, say real food. I'm just kidding. <laughs> verse 57, he says, the one who feeds on me will live because of me. So in Genesis, we ate from the, good, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but Jesus came and he was the tree of life. He gave us life. This is, a, this is the reconciliation. We had the fall and then the reconciliation. So when Jesus came, he, he is the tree of life. He is life to us. He is real food. What I think, uh, sorry, my throat's really dry. What I think is interesting is I was looking at trees. The story of Zacchaeus came up. How many of you know that's a prophetic thing if you look for Jesus and you can see it in that? How many of you have ever seen that even that was prophetic saying, Jesus was saying, Zacchaeus, come out of that tree like the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I'm going to come live with you. Whew. I saw that. I was like, whoa, Jesus is even in that. He's, he's even given, that's a, that's a picture of what God did for us. He said, okay, don't, don't eat from that tree. Come down from there. And, and even in the same way, God gives me chills to even think about it. Even the same way, he met Zacchaeus right where he was and he went and, and stayed at his house. 
in the midst of all of his sin and all the bad things that he did, and he just came right. He said, I'm going to come live with you. Let that sink in for a minute. So we don't, we don't feed on the knowledge of, of the tree of good and evil. We feed on the knowledge of, I mean, on the knowledge, on the tree of life, which is Jesus. That's what we're made to eat. That's the fruit we're designed to eat. Now, every created thing has to live and abide in the dimension that sources it. Okay? Every created thing has to live in and abide in the dimension that sources it, the dimension that gives it life. Are you created? Do we believe that we're created? Yeah, we're created. Fish, if you take a fish out of water, are they very happy? <laughs> do, they, do they survive very long? No. Uh, a, a plant from the video, if you stick them in the ground, if you pull them out of the ground, they're probably not real happy. <laughs> they're not going to do real well. Out of, out of the, the They, they gain uh, life from the ground and the earth, and they get... They get nourishment from it. So every living created thing has to live in the dimension that it's sourced from. You were created by the Spirit. The dimension that, you, that sources you is the Holy Spirit. This is why when we worship, we, we, um, we proclaim a living God, not just a memorial. We don't talk about a historic God that came and, and, and we look at how it, how it went down in history, although it did, but the Word is a living Word. His Holy Spirit lives with us. It's moving. It's, it's, and that's why we started... Uh, the more, the more we do this church thing and the more that I discover what, what this is supposed to look like or what I, what I feel like God's telling me, the more I see things kind of shift and move because we put so many barriers on things to try to make them about the way that we're comfortable. Just this morning, um, Brad and Jasmine invited me to sit over there, but I was drawn to that seat. <laughs> like, like, I can't sit anywhere. I don't know why I'm drawn to that seat, but I need to sit somewhere else to gain some different perspective. But we're used to, we get in these little routines where we're used to the same thing. We're used to the same thing. We're used to the same thing. When, if, have any of you been in a relationship? How many times does that begin to move you and shift you? In the same way, when we begin to feed on the Spirit, it will move and shift us. It will move us in different places. Sometimes it's awesome and we love it, and sometimes it's a little uncomfortable, right? But it begins to kind of, there's kind of an ebb and flow there. We're not, we're not our own. We're, we're led sometimes, and sometimes we walk and we make our plans, but then God guides our steps. And then we, it's that dance thing, you know, Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it, that thing. Moving back and forth. And so it's a relational thing. It's not you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this, or I'll be mad at you. That's not relational. Same way I can't check off a list with Tracy. I took the trash out, even though I don't take the trash out as much as I should. I took the trash out, did this, did this. You know, I gave her a kiss goodbye. That doesn't make us have a good relationship, right? There's more to it than that. There's an ebb and flow between us, and we change, and we grow to know each other better. And in the same way, when, when we get to know the Lord better, we begin to feed on the good fruit. Now, um, oh, let's see. When we, ate, when we ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we died spiritually because we, weren't made to abide, because we were made to abide in the Spirit. That's why that happened. God's Spirit is life to us. It is what we live on. Your, we've talked about it in the past. Your car, if you put milk or water in the gas tank, is not going to run very well. <laughs> We run on spirit. That's what, that's what we're made for. It's what we're designed for. We've talked about the atheist has a card stacked against them because they're constantly longing for what's created them. They've been created by a creator, and they're always going to long for that until they find it. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you with a bunch of scriptures back to back. Galatians 5.25, since we live by the spirit, we must also follow the spirit. Now, this is what's interesting is uh, I think a lot of times um, I've heard people teach, and we get these things mixed up. We, we start... Find, assigning our value and, and our salvation on things when, when the Bible's trying to teach us something, but it's not based on 
whether we're going to heaven or not or whether we're saved or not. It's just saying, look, I know what's best for you. Don't get those two confused. And so that's what he's saying right here. Since we were made alive by the Spirit, we must also abide in the Spirit. He's saying you can no more be in the Spirit than being in the Spirit. Once we're saved, we're in the Spirit. But now, let me help you. Feed on it. This, this is good for you. I'm not mad at you if you don't, but I know what's best for you. So I don't say, you know, just listen to all Christian music. Don't listen to any secular music. I'm not going to tell you that because that's a law. But I can tell you that it could benefit you if you do listen to more or you listen to something that's actually edifying to your spirit. It could benefit you. And I would, I, I would be a bad pastor if I didn't tell you that. But at the same time, if I told you that your relationship with the Father was based on everything that you did and everything you listened to, then I would negate Christ and his sacrifice for us. So don't... That's, that's, the, that's the, the crazy thing that we, I just think we've gotten mixed up is that for some reason we think just because we understand grace and, and how good God is and how much Christ's sacrifice paid for anything that we could ever do, that now all of a sudden we can't talk to each other and, and even feed off of each other and, and help each other and give good advice. I don't see anywhere in Scripture that says we can't do that. Verse 63, or John, I'm sorry, John 6, 63 says, The Spirit is the one who gives life. This is where we get life from. 2 Corinthians 3, 3, 6 says, For the law of the letter kills, but the Spirit produces what? Life. Spirit produces life. Romans 8, 2 says, Because the Spirit's law of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. What are you feeding on? Are you feeding on other people's opinions of you? Are you feeding on possessions? Are you feeding on things? Are you feeding on politics lately? Are you feeding on offenses, anxiety? What are you feeding on? And I say that because, and I'll tell you this too, God, God's not against you having possessions. He's just against possessions possessing you. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with having things. I'm not saying that. But don't let those things possess you, okay? Side note, that was free. Sundays are not enough. Let me say that again. Sundays are not enough. You have to feed on the Spirit every day. I'm, I, I'm not responsible for your spiritual well-being. <laughs> I can't be. It would, it would disappoint you and crush me. <laughs> I, it's, it's as much as I would like to be, and, and you guys are heavy on my hearts with everything that's going on, and we pray for you guys, but I can't be the one that's in between you and God. Jesus is the only one that can do that. And Jesus is not far away. If you're born again, he's with you, and the Holy Spirit is with you. And we're going to get into that in a minute. Matthew 4, 3 says, Then the tempter approached him. Now, let's talk about bread for a minute. This is when Jesus was tempted. Then the tempter approached him and said, If you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. But Jesus answered, It is written, Man must not live on bread alone. Think about that. <laughs> what he was saying was, Man does not live on stones, basically, because that's what the devil was lying to him, saying, Make, Just turn this into bread. But on every word that, com that comes from the mouth of God, what word come, came from the mouth of God? Jesus. He was the word become flesh. He's the bread of life. He was identifying himself as the Savior even then. I don't live off of those stones that you think that you're calling bread. Do you know that the devil will, will show you lots of things and call them bread that are not bread and want you to feed on them? And I'll tell you, they won't kill you, but they can sure distract you from your purpose. And they can hurt you. It, it, it won't sever your relationship with the Father. You can still be deceived as a, as a son or daughter of God. You can be deceived. You can be distracted. He can, he can show you things that, that you will identify as bread and begin to feed on those things, and it, it will hurt you. It won't be good. Um, 
the devil will try to tell you to feed on acceptance of people, fear, anxiety, pornography, whatever it is. He'll disguise it as bread, as things that, you, that he wants you to think that you need. We've talked about in the past, sins aren't just bad things that you do. Sin is saying that you don't trust the Father to provide the things that you want. Amen. We have God-given desires to um, have a relationship with people, to have a sexual relationship with people. That's okay. But when you shortcut it and do it outside of marriage or you do it outside of, of something else, <laughs> it can be bad. How many of you know? Amen. Especially when if you, if <laughs> God doesn't want you to commit adultery because he doesn't want you to get shot. <laughs> I mean, there's other bad things that could happen, but I mean, he knows what's best for you. But what I'm saying is all, all sin is is us trying to do things that God has already wanted to do for us and has plans for us. We're just too impatient and we try to shortcut it. It's a trust issue. So I try to think of, and I hate, I hate thinking of practical things that so I don't want to give you just, just to give you advice, but I will tell you this. It is beneficial to you to be in the midst of a community. I'm thankful for this community. It's beneficial for you to be in a community and a body of believers. As much as we're outward focused and we want to do more outreaches, it is beneficial to you to be parts of these small groups that we have and parts of this church and come here on Sunday, as much as I always downplay Sunday mornings because I want you guys to be the church all week. It's beneficial to you to come here and to meet and to hang out and to talk and to be around other believers because you can feed the same spirit that's in you is in them and you can begin to learn things and, and hear things from different perspectives that you didn't see or that you didn't hear and, and you can iron sharpen iron thing. You can begin to learn things and it's good. It's beneficial to you. Um, it's, it's edifying. It really is. And the most important thing, and this is where I wanted to get to, this is why I kind of breezed through all that, that first stuff to kind of get to this. This is the important thing and if you guys know me, this is... This is my heart's cry, and this is what I feel like the Lord's been telling us, especially with this whole fast, and we're going to communion next week. We're going to have communion. I want you guys to continue to pray with me for that as we fast. And like I said, I'm not worried about what you're giving up. I want to know what we're going towards. And as we fast and we get to communion, we're going to have communion next week, and that's just a common union. It doesn't mean we all agree on every single thing because we're not. We've had discussions. I've had discussions with people about this all the time about different styles and different things that we do and the way that we teach and the way that we preach and the way that we worship. And we all want to put these exterior um, boundaries and limitations on our, our perception of what that's supposed to look like. When all Jesus ever did was convince us to look inside instead of outside. Same thing he did with the Samaritan, with the whole story about the Good Samaritan. Their, their idea of Samaritans were bad. And when Jesus made him the hero of the story, it messed them up because that was different than what they were used to seeing. In the same way, he'll do the same thing to you. You'll say, okay, I think this is the way, this is the way that I've experienced this thing, so that's the way everyone else must experience it, and that's the way they should look when they do it. No, that's not right. It's, it's, and I love Joseph Prince says this, it's the fruit, not the root, and, and I've kind of adopted it. But right believing leads to right actions, right doing. You don't, it's not the other way around. You don't, actions come from a, a good belief system, a solid foundation. If I, I can doctor actions and trick people and lie to people, I can, I can fool people with, with what I do. But what you truly believe will come will come out, especially when when boundaries and laws are lifted. You'll see what somebody's about. All right, this is this is what I want to get to, and this is what I feel like is the most important here. Recognize and, and please hear me in this. Recognize and acknowledge the divine resource of Christ's life in me, in you. Okay. The same Holy Spirit that I have, the same Holy Spirit that you have, the same Holy Spirit that some of the kids have, carries with it a lot of really cool things. 
This is one thing that you have if you're born again. His unconditional love is in you. His freedom is in you. I just made a list. And these, this isn't you know, conclusive. There's many more. These are just things that I thought of. His freedom is in you. His forgiveness is in you. His discernment is in you. His patience is in you. I know that stings. <laughs> His righteousness and holiness is in you. Now that seems good and we love those words, but some of us, some of us and me included, that's a difficult pill to swallow knowing the history that I've had years ago that now I'm called righteous and I'm called holy. How? Oh, praise God. How can someone like me be called that? Sometimes that's really difficult for us. But when the Holy Spirit's with us, that's what he calls us. His selflessness is in you. His self-control is in you. You say, well, I can't do this because I don't have enough self-control. I can't, or, 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 you know, I can't go in this place, or I can't do this, or I can't minister to this, or I don't have enough self-control. His self-control is in you. Stop trying to abide in yourself. <laughs> we look to ourselves too much, too often, to try to do things that only he can do. His boldness is in you. Listen to this. His healing is in you. And here it is. Here's the kind of crux of everything. His relationship to the Father is in you. You don't have your relationship with God. You have his. You don't have your relationship with God. You have his. You have Jesus' relationship with the Father. Let that sink in a little bit. Put, put things in perspective the next time you pray for someone or the next time you feel led to do something, the Holy Spirit's prompting you to do something. <clears throat> and you say, I can't, I can't do that. You don't, know, you don't know what I've done. You don't know even in the past or even just yesterday I messed up. Thank God it's not about you. Once you realize your life source, who you're feeding on, and the resources you possess, you won't walk around every day looking for something or someone to fulfill you and give you value. You won't be searching for someone else to, to stick your, pull your umbilical cord and stick it into to, to gain a life. We walk around and, who's next? What's next? Let me buy this thing. This gives me life. No, let me, let me have this relationship. This gives me life. God never told you to abide in people. He said to abide in him, abide in the vine. The point of all of this is that when you realize this, it's so beneficial and edifying to you that you become a resource to other people. Now, you, instead of the oh, poor me, and it's all about me, and I can't do this, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do this, it's like, no, he did this for me. Now I can do this for someone else because he lives in me because it's not me that does it. I've said it before, and I'll continue to say it. Grace puts you in a very precarious position. <laughs> It lifts, it lifts that law off of us. Now you're free to do what you want. What do you want to do? What's your want to? I just love what Mark would say. What's your want to? Let's get, let's get, to, the, let's get to the heart of the issue. I don't want, we don't want to be behavior modifiers. We don't modify your behavior. Let's get to the heart of the issue. I've learned through all of this, even with my kids, to talk to them more about why they do the things that they do. As they've grown up, there was a time when you know, we'd spank them or we'd, um, we'd discipline them or time out or whatever it was. But as they've gotten older, we begin to explain why we're doing these things. So it's not just, oh, just because I said so. 
Now, sometimes we're overwhelmed and they just have to deal with that. <laughs> but as much as I can, I want to get to the heart of the issue. Why do you want to do these things? And that leads me to teach them of who they are in Christ. Listen, when they're 30 years old, I don't want to be giving them spankings <laughs> for them not doing something correct. In the same way, as we mature, especially once Christ has paid for it all, we don't need, we don't need those boundaries anymore. Now, does that mean we just do whatever we want? Yeah, <laughs> it does. Because now your want to's changed. If the Holy Spirit is in you, it's, it's going to change who you are. It can't help but do it. And you will be, and, and we've misused this word, but convicted, when I say convicted, it's the, the metanoia, it's the way your mind will change. You'll see everything differently. Not just certain situations, but you'll see everything differently. You'll say, okay, now I don't do this thing that we'll call a sin because it's everybody calls. We won't do this thing, but it's not because I fear that the Lord will be angry with me, but it's because I know that I'm made for something better than that. I know that's not my source. I know that when I'm done doing whatever that thing is, I'm not going to be happy. I know that. I know that that's not going to fulfill everything that I need because that's less than. That's a stone that the devil's trying to show you and try to trick you into thinking it's bread. That's, and here's, here's where church people can get mixed up. That same place we can do and get very self-righteous when we begin to judge other people. We can begin to create stumbling blocks that look like bread. Sorry, y'all still love me? <laughs> we, can, we can be very um, super spiritual and crush people and hurt them and manipulate them. Be careful with that. Guys, stand up with me. Um, I just want to pray for you guys. Um, I want to make sure I'm clear on this, that I'm not talking about what you feed on is who you are, the bigger, you know, whatever the bigger dog you feed. I'm not, it's not, I'm not talking about that as far as um, our relationship with the Father. When we, when we feed on things that benefit us, it's good. The same way he said, you, you were given life. You were given this life from him. You're in. I'm not, I'm not saying that you have to be afraid all the time that you're going to lose that. All I'm saying is um, there are things that benefit you that he has for you. You're made for him. It's in your DNA. You're always going to be drawn to it. And so, especially for a specific time, and I'm asking you guys to, to come along with me in this fast to lead towards more, more unity within our body um, because as, as awesome as you guys are, we still kind of can bicker and fight about different things, and I don't want that to hinder anyone in this body or anyone outside this body. There's a bigger picture here. It's, it's not about you and it's not about me, but we're here for a reason we're here for a purpose, and I truly believe that. And so as we move towards communion, we're going to have communion, and he's the bread of life. And uh, I think I'm going to talk to Emily about making fresh bread. And I know theologically the leaven, we'll get to that, but fresh bread's awesome. <laughs> and when I think of the Lord, I think he's great. There's nothing better than fresh bread. Man, I love bread. <laughs> butter. butter. Butter and bread. Okay, anyway. So, uh, <laughs> lots of butter. Anyway, so, so, anyway, so as, we, as, we, as we move towards that, I want you guys to, to come with me and agree with me. And this communion thing is a common union. It doesn't mean we agree on every little detail, but we're all moving towards the same place. We're going to look at the bigger picture because we are the light. There's no plan B. 
This is, this is who we're called to be. You guys know, and I've told you several times, you were, you were designed, you are created, you were purposed, you were predestined. These are all things that, that before the beginning of time you were called to do. Now all we do is walk in it. It's not hard. And it's fun. Is it not fun? This is really fun. So let me pray for you guys. Father, um, just as we're here, you're already working. You're already doing things. You're not limited by time and space. You're not finite like we are, Father. You are already preparing divine appointments for us this week. Listen, Father, I look forward to hearing stories and texts. I get texts sometimes and, and, and emails about things that, 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 people, that happen to people during the week in this church, and it's so encouraging, and I thank you for that. Father, I thank you for the, 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 the times when you've, you've, you've orchestrated these, these incredibly intricate plans for us to, to meet people and to run into situations that we can just minister and we can love them in the midst of whatever's going on. And then we, we look back, you know, weeks later and we go, how did that even happen? And it's you. You did it. We just played a part in it. Thank you, Father, that, that we, are, we are willing to just play a part in the bigger picture. We don't want to be the, you know, the, the best church or the biggest church on the block or anything like that, Father. We don't want to be, you know, we don't want people to hear our sound. We want them to hear your sound. Father, we just want to be willing vessels to do your work in the earth. Father, we just want to be uh, even just a small part. We'll be whatever you want us to be. We just want to be a part of that plan, and I just thank you that you've included us in it. Father, just as you already are, go before us this week and prepare a way. And, and, and just that vision I got years ago of puzzle pieces coming together, just walking and those puzzle pieces coming together. Father, everywhere, anyone within the sound of my voice, either in this church or even when we do podcasts, Father, anybody that hears this, that that's what you would show them. Father, that as they walk out into this world, into this earth, Father, that you would just, you would just um, manifest your nature in them, your divine nature in humanity, that you would just begin to put relationships back together like puzzle pieces. Father, that you would just begin to restore um, people's health like puzzle pieces, just put right back the way they go. Father, thank you for, um, for great friendships, for um, encouraging words, and creating some pretty awesome people in this church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good stuff. Woo.